We all right? <clears throat> We've been talking about the faith of God, not... Uh, we, we know we have faith in God, but we've been talking about the faith of God. Before we really get started, let's welcome our online crowd. Good, God bless you. So good to have you with us. Florida, New York, and Texas, and all the people from wherever you're at that ride us in and say, uh, we're just glad you're here. Uh, I want to give a couple announcements, actually, before I continue to get started or move forward in that direction. Make sure you make plans to be here Easter Sunday. The youth are doing a drama out of the park. I am, I'm not kidding, out of the park. You will be so blessed by coming. Uh, we will have a packed house. We'll have the wing chairs out. We'll have all of that, and we're going to believe for a complete. I'd like to even put out the white chairs. Wouldn't that be awesome? So that's going to be awesome. That's Easter Sunday. Men's event, Full Throttle, was coming up. Justin already told you about that, but I have another men's event coming in April, about mid-April, April 15th. It's only a half-day event. Um, and it's going to be close here. I'll get you information. Guys, it's only $20. $20. And from what we're talking now is they're going to... So one of the prizes I heard, now I don't know all the prizes yet. I mean, not that that would motivate you, but obviously they want to put prizes in there. Shotgun was one of those. Nobody's getting married there that I know of, but there's a shotgun supposedly going to be given as a gift. And there's other things. There's going to be food. Uh, breakfast and lunch and uh, breakout sessions. I'm going to do one of those breakout sessions. And uh, so we are getting that all together. There's about nine other churches that are going to be in collaboration with that uh, to make that happen. We're looking, hopefully, for maybe 300 men to show up. And it's, it's you know, easy travel time from here. Uh, the full throttle one is in New Albany. Um, and so I, I'm pretty sure you have registration there if you want to go. We're going to, uh, to meet at the Meyer parking lot, and we'll get directions. And Well, if I go, you guys will follow me, or we'll all ride together. We'll figure it out. But uh, that's $59 for two days and all the meals included and everything. That's pretty cheap. Um, and so it's, it's going to be an amazing time. But anyway, those are my announcements that I have. I want to just jump into faith. How about that? You already got it. We might as well use it, right? So we've been talking about the faith of God. We talked in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, that is the King James Version, and that is the only version that we have found all the others. I'm not saying they're wrong. What I'm saying is in this version, and we take the other versions, kind of jump off this. Am I not right? That's what we do because we want to be able to understand everything that we're saying. But this one says of, not a, or, or not even in. It just says of, the faith of God. You've been given when you got saved the faith of God. So sometimes people, oh, my faith's not there. It's there. If you're born again, you got it. You just have to activate it. So I, if you haven't heard any of these, I'm going to encourage you to go back. This is week six. Go back five weeks. They're, they're free. Go to the truelifemarion.com. Listen to those. Catch up a little bit when you're on your commute to and from work or on your lunch break. But we talked last week from Mark 5. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? We started talking about that. She came up from behind him and said, if I can touch, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And that's exactly what happened. You know the story. She did that. Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? So I'm just kind of reviewing uh, there. So this is what's happened. And we talked about that most people said they thought that was rhetorical. Even some of the uh, scholars thought that was rhetorical. Like, you know, because he's God, he, you know, he's God and he is. 
in the flesh, he said, who touched me? He already knew. They said that was rhetorical. I'm telling you, and I told you last week, I don't believe he knew. Uh, I, I believe he is God, and I believe his spirit was intact, and that he has all wisdom in his spirit. I get that. But we talked about why did then he have to grow in wisdom and stature when he was 12. Remember that. All of those things. And Jesus would have had to. He didn't come out of the womb speaking Hebrew. He had to learn to talk. Mary had to teach him that. He had to learn to eat. He had to learn to walk. He had to, all of those things. So, you know, just knowing that he is God in the flesh, but he laid down those things to come down and be with us. Come on, somebody say amen. So... I believe he did, you know, once he turned around, obviously, the spirit inside him, God is there. He's going to figure out he knows who touched him, but she bends down, trembles, and says it was I. And uh, so we understand. Okay, we get it. In the natural, he didn't know. But in the spiritual, you know, obviously, even if she wouldn't have said, I believe he, then God would have said it was that girl. But that means something to me. That's significant for him to be like, hey, who touched me? You know, and the, the disciples were kind of like the bouncers, you know. And uh, they say stuff like, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's trying to touch you. And so, I mean, just going back in my mind, when I see this scene, I think of the stuff I've seen with the Beatles or, uh, you know, some of the bigger, where people are just, oh, they're just, the, you know, whatever that is. They are just so excited trying to get to touch you know, uh, obviously, nothing like that can compare to God. But people are trying because they heard about what he is and who he is. So I believe this is significant because we get this picture of God, at least I did when I was a kid, that God is sitting at a big desk in, in heaven. He's at, just at a desk in heaven. He's got a long white beard. And he's got a bazillion prayer requests in front of him. And he's trying to get through them to see if they're legitimate or not. In other words, I don't know, is Brett holy enough? Is, uh, is Brett fasted enough? Did he pay his tithe? Mm, I'm not sure if I'm going to bless him or not. So, you see, he's looking at that. And in my mind, we kind of grew up like we're looking to see if God will do something based on our performance. <clears throat> That's not how he works. Aren't you glad that he loved you before <laughs> you ever even knew about love? We think that on a person-by-person -person basis, that's how God weighs this out, how he feels about you. We have to change the way we think because it's wrong. I'm going to say it one more time. We have to change the way we think because it's wrong. This is a legal issue. Once you come into the kingdom of God, he could, even before you come into the kingdom, let me just say this. Before you ever get saved, he couldn't love you more. And he couldn't love you less, whether you're saved or not. He gave his son for you, period. Not based on anything you do. Now, eternity, everybody in here gets to live forever. You just get to pick where you get to go, heaven or hell. But there are laws that govern faith and how God's power flows. We see in this story, he didn't know who touched him. I think I proved that to you, that he didn't really know in the natural, in the, as a physical man. He didn't size her up. He didn't turn around. He, you know, he did turn around, but I mean, he didn't have all of these elements firsthand. He didn't approve or disapprove. Here's the skinny on this. 
His power was there. She got it, tapped into it, and he knew it left. He knew anointing had left. She was grounded by her own faith, her own words. She released and received. We've told you, you've heard me say it over and over again. Faith has a point of release and has a point of reception. She began to declare with her own mouth, if I can touch. She put boundaries on that. His power was released just as sure as electricity flows through copper. Remember we talked about elements that electricity could flow through. If a person grabs a live wire and they're grounded and the wire's not insulated, then boom goes the dynamite. That'll be shocking. We've all seen Home Alone where, where Marv goes to wash his hands off and Kevin has hooked the faucet. And he's, you already know what I'm saying. Okay? In other words, they're going to feel it. The movie was making fun, but it wouldn't be the way it completely happened like that in the movie. Obviously, it is a movie. But it's not the electric company's fault. Because as far as they didn't have a vendetta against Marv or whoever touches the live wire. It's just laws that govern how it works. We need to understand that. You see, men go, we go about things all wrong, don't we? <clears throat> I've heard, now, these are true stories. They're stories where, how many when you grew up, you went to a swimming pool? Yeah, I remember riding my bike to go to the pool. I had a lot of fun memories at the pool. It was a lot of fun. I laugh so, so hard sometimes at the pool just because people are just fun. But there are places that the, there's people that went off the high dive. There's guys, that, kids that went up there and a kid dove the wrong way. How do you do that? So they determined high dives are unsafe for kids. So they wouldn't let anybody go off the diving board. It's not the diving board's fault. Some of you are just not like, well, okay. It's not. That's just stupid. The answer isn't, well, now we just have to take away diving boards because nobody can have a diving board because the kid might just dive on the cement. No. We, we blame things. We make new laws about things because we don't understand or whatever or we just don't want to have to deal with it. If you're wiring your house, you could say copper costs too much. I don't want to wire my house with copper. I want to use something cheaper. If whatever you use doesn't have the laws that are needed for electricity to flow, you're going to be sitting in the dark. It won't work. Because what you, you know, well, Brett, that's, this, I, I don't like that. It doesn't matter if you don't like what the law is. You need to hear what I'm telling you today. You're going to be, I don't like this. Doesn't, the law works the way it works. God put the law on. It's not about your opinion. I can't change the book. He won't change it for me. He won't change it for you. If this is how it works, this is how it works. Is this how God ordained it? Laws, this is how we do it. Because how we think really doesn't matter. We line up with what God says. That's how it works. 
They are put in place. He put them there, and they don't change. Just because you don't like gravity still works. If you're going to use the laws, you have to cooperate with them. Somebody say amen. amen. They don't compromise, and they don't cooperate with you. You are the change agent involved here. So we understand kind of that in the natural realm. We can kind of get a glimpse of that, or we kind of say, but when it comes, you know, if we turn on the lights and the lights don't work, we understand. Well, okay, did the breaker blow? Did this? And I told you about what Pastor Kim and I looked at the other day. The lights didn't come on, and I went down, checked the breaker box, and she found out there was a loose connection, and the lights came back on because that is the law. There has to be something that it flows through. But in the spirit realm, we make excuses. I don't want to know how the laws work in the spirit. I'm too busy. I have no time. Give me the cliff note version. Remember we talked about that? Give me the short version, Brett. I don't necessarily want to take time to really renew my mind. Could you just renew it for me? Isn't there an easier way? How many would love to know that there's some pill that just takes the fat off while you sleep? We would all be buying that pill. <laughs> Well, okay, not all of us, but, yeah. <laughs> There's somebody in the back. Sign me up. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. Remember, we talked about acknowledging, just knowing, okay, God, if this is what you want to do, I want to acknowledge that. You see, people think this. Right, you need to tell me. You're the pastor. You get paid to do that. I'm a card-carrying member of this church. You need to just go ahead and take care of that. It's your job, not mine. Kim and I, I mean, we've been in the ministry over 30 years. We've had people leave the church because I wouldn't give them a new word every week. Here's a word. And I remember telling them, you got a Bible? Yeah, read it. You told me that last week. I know. I'm out of here. But see, the power of God won't flow through that kind of attitude. If you're not acknowledging that God wants and has given you faith and wants you to be used of him, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Help me. And nobody preaching today? I mean, not just the preacher, but just going around and saying, hey, listen, there's a better way. And if I, if I have to, I'll tell you about it, but let me show you. Let me just love on some people. You have to discover how God ordained faith to work and then renew your mind to it. What if you're wrong? Could there be a chance, being human, we could be wrong? But if we don't renew our mind to God's way, the power doesn't flow. And then our belief system is affected by that because we can't activate it. Now, I'm not discounting gifts and miracles. Please understand. There, there are times that there's people that have no, you know, if... They're not saved, or, or even if they are, they're just not exercising their faith, and God does a miracle. We talked about miracles. Miracles are awesome, but miracles usually, things in the natural are suspended, aren't they? So it happens, you don't want to live, people, I just need a miracle. Every week, I just need a miracle. You don't want a miracle every week, because that means you live crisis to crisis every week. Wouldn't it be better just to live in faith by God so that you're living above where you need to be? At least you're, I mean, you're happy. I'm not saying, but, you know, he's taken good care of you and you've activated things he's given you. So 
So on a day-to-day personal level, my wife was saying that God was speaking through her, giving her you that word of knowledge right now. He lives 24-7. Do you know the God in you? He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He loves you. He calls you healed. He calls you blessed. If you want to experience that kind of life for you, when the conditions are met, boom, goes the dynamite. Because it's a law. The power flows. Now, I want to go back to the woman. Remember her. Her faith was that made her whole. Jesus turned around and commented, your faith. Not his faith, her faith. You see, we don't like that in church because then we're accountable. We have responsibility. He didn't turn around and override her. He didn't turn around and assess her. He didn't turn around here and say, I know. You know, I, I know you've been through a lot because, you know, I believe that through knowledge, through that, he would have had that. He would have gotten that. She's given all the money she had. She doesn't have any. I guess I'll approve it. He didn't go through that. She understood, and she reached out and received. Now, I'm going to peel this onion back a little bit further, okay? This has changed Kim in my life, especially even as of recent. And it can change yours as well. When I pray for people, I believe they get healed. That's my part. My belief, I just believe healing comes. Period. What you do with it, I don't want somebody praying for me that doesn't believe they, can, they have what God told them that he put in there to pray for healing if they don't believe it. Do you? Now, not everybody I pray for, I don't think, receives or experiences healing at least right when I'm there. I got more to learn. I haven't arrived, but I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of stuff that's not true, that I can't line up with this book. Well, God doesn't heal every time. Show me. Where does it say he doesn't? It doesn't say that. Every, every place Jesus went, he healed all. Guess it just wasn't God's will. Show me that. It's not in there. His word says this, by his stripes we were healed. Past tense. It's already done. See, what happens is we don't immediately, we, we live in the instant microwave society. Give it to me, I want it now. Even J.G. Wentworth, it's my money and I want it now. We want everything right now. You go through a drive-thru, if you got to wait, please pull up. We'll bring it out in a minute. That's why I went through the drive-thru. If I wanted to wait, I would have went inside. Because we're used to now, 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 now. Now, just the other day, I switched out. In my barn, I switched out my TVs in there. I have, you know, where when I'm working out, I can watch Rocky or, you know, absolutely, you know. I mean, so I had to switch it out. And what I have, I don't have a remote for. Sometimes, and then, you know, we, we get all bent out. I don't have a remote. Oh, heaven forbid you have to walk three feet and hit that little button that says play. You know, I mean, I get a remote some other time. But I'm saying we're so used to having all these luxuries. Where's the remote? I can't find the remote. Blah, 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 blah. 
because we, we live in a society that just, if they don't see it right away, uh, I guess God chose not to do it this time. You know when Jesus talked to the fig tree? Remember that story? There were leaves on the fig tree. He's looking for figs. And he curses it, and the Bible says to the disciples, listen to me, you need to hear this word, they heard it. They heard him say it. And they come back the next day, if you read the account, and, and Peter says, Master, remember the tree, the tree you spoke to, look, it's shriveled and died. This is what I'm telling you, because boom goes the dynamite. Because this is how faith works. As soon as he spoke it, the tree was dying. The manifestation of that didn't happen for 24 hours for the leaves to shrivel up. But it was happening the second he spoke it. But we're living in society, and evidently they struggled back then. I want to see it right now. You see, there's a disconnect. It's not on God's end, it's on ours. There are laws that govern faith, and many times we don't follow the laws, we violate the laws and wonder why things don't work. So here's my point. So I'm just, there's reasons why it happens, and there's reasons why it doesn't. Now, you don't hear a whole lot of preachers talking about what we're talking about today. Some are simple, some may be more involved. Nonetheless, there are reasons. None of those reasons, none of those reasons, none of those, does that sound like a broken record? <laughs> none of those reasons have to do with God's lack or love for you or his lack or love of desire for you to be healed. Listen to what I just said. None of the reasons of why it happened or didn't happen, it's not God saying he didn't want it to happen because of anything you did or didn't do or you don't think you're worthy or whatever he's already according to his word he's already healed you he's already prospered you blessed you with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in christ jesus he's not holding out on you he's not blackmailing you you ever did that i've did that sometimes and i felt bad about it well if you do this i'll give you that or if you didn't do this i'm not going to give you that because you didn't do this God's not holding out on you like that. The issue is this. We don't know how to use faith. It's been given to us. But we just don't know what we're doing with it. But it operates by law. So what are the laws? I promised this week we'd start doing law. So I'm going to show you this. We're going to get through it. It's not going to take that long. So let's jump back to this woman with the issue of blood. Mark 5, 25 and 27. A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she, here's the word, heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. When she heard, that's a law. That's one of those laws. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You cannot believe for something that you don't even know it's God's will for you to have. You can't get behind it because you don't even, I don't even believe, if you don't believe that. Now, again, not discounting miracles. Supernatural gifts, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this is just walking, living by the faith of God. There are denominations that choose to believe that miracles and healing ended with the apostles, with the disciples, 
They believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues is not for us today. So they won't teach on it. As a matter of fact, they'll teach against it. We do not believe that in this church. If you're a guest, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues. We believe that it hasn't gone away. It's still today. But they would teach and preach against it. So if people refuse to have any knowledge about it or they just believe a wrong teaching, they won't experience it. But when you open your heart to the belief that God could be doing this and his will, it's amazing what can happen. You might get filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, my father-in-law, who's with Jesus, he used to go to another denomination, and they did not believe in that. But he knew there was more. And so he started getting into the Bible. And wouldn't you know, he got filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And he decided to tell them about it. They decided to tell him not to come here anymore. <laughs> and so he left. See, if you don't think it's something God doesn't want you to have, it's not going to happen accidentally. It doesn't just overtake you and you just go, okay, I was, you know, hey, I had no control over that. That's, that's not God. It doesn't come on you like a sickness or a virus, or something like that. This is something that affects your belief. This is, uh, God, if this is part of you, and you want me to have it, I believe that. I might not even understand all of it. I'm, I'm 62 years old, and there's a lot of things I don't understand. But I understand enough that God is a good God, and everything he has for me is good. Now, let me just say this. I, I grew up in a Methodist church, as a kid, then my mom and dad got saved, and they went to an Assembly of God church. And I started going to the Assembly of God church and rededicated my heart. I got really, I got saved January 2nd, 1980. I came to my sister, and she's the one that led me to the Lord. Then I went, and my mom worked at City Hall. I had to give my mom a speeding ticket one time. Not because she was speeding, but because I was, and I had to pay her. That was not fun. Because she thought it was great. So, Mom, if you're watching, pfft, no, that was not great. But anyway, she loves me. But she just she thought that was just so funny. Uh, anyways, I wanted this. If God had it for me, I wanted it. And I don't know if you've been like me. I wanted it, and I couldn't get it. Have you ever felt that? I came up front. You remember back in the era where everybody took those white hankies? I don't exactly know why they waved white hankies. But I went down front so many times for this and came back and didn't have one time I went down. This is a true story, and I'm just being honest. There was about four or five women, and they all had white hankies. First, I thought I was going to grab one, blow my nose, and hand it back to her, but I didn't. I was the class clown. I can do things like that. Well, no, I really can't. But anyway, they were praying over me, and this is what I did. I faked it because I just wanted them to stop. Does that sound stupid? I'm just like, God, get me out of here. There's these crazy women. I don't know what they're doing. And they got all these hankies rubbing in my face. And, and let me just tell you, 
There are people that don't know what they're doing neither. They're trying to tell me what to say. According to that book, they can't tell me what to say. God's going to tell me what to say. Matter of fact, the devil doesn't understand when you speak in an unknown tongue. You can do all kinds of warfare, and he don't know anything about what you're doing, except he's in trouble. The party's over. And I came back home. I found this beautiful woman, got married to her. And I'm like, I need to get, you know, and that's all I hear. Like, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need this. You need that. And, you, you know, you need that because, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to lead these kids to Jesus and roll rain, all this kind of stuff. Oh, so I needed that. I just had this mind block. Something's wrong with me, God. There's something that I, I'm doing something wrong. Or maybe, maybe this whole thing, maybe I'm faking everything. Am I really saved? I mean, I went through all this gamut of everything. And finally got some knowledge about how good God was. And realized that I had a part to play in this. I'm waiting on him. Like, you know, we live out in the country. Like, I'm, I'm using my chainsaw. As long as there's gas in there and everything's right, I pull that. And I got the choke and I get it set. That thing takes off. But it doesn't take off unless I pull it. Are you with me? You see, we have a part to play. And when I figured out that I have a part, and it's my belief that God has only good things for me, and if this is still here and he wants me to have it, quit worrying about what everybody else thinks. And so I read, I, you know, I, I read, actually I read a book on that. I closed the book, started speaking in tongues. And I was just like, oh, but I made it really hard when it's not really hard. It was just a matter of just saying, okay, if it's from you, I got it. It's good. I would never give my kids or give my wife something that would hurt them. I just wouldn't. My father won't do that either, and he won't do it to you. A law, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. If she hadn't heard, she would have died from her disease. So if you want something in your life, and you're believing God, you have to hear, listen to me, Hear the truth. It's a law. John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you, what? Free. You see, the truth you know makes you free. It's the truth you don't know that's killing you. It's the stuff the enemy's lying to you. It's, it's people's opinion that don't line up with the word of God. That's the stuff that's messing with you. God has made a way for you to walk in power and victory, but you have to choose. Choose this day who you will serve. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can live by man's doctrine or you can live by the word of God. Step one is hear the truth. you got to hear the truth. What does the Bible say? What do you need? Find a word. Revelation 12, 11 says, just read it. They overcame him by the I'm going to say it for you anyway. By the blood and by the word of their testimony. What is the word telling you about what you need? Somebody has to hear the truth. It has to be spoken. You have to hear it. And then what you do with it is your choice. Maybe you're standing in the gap interceding for another person to be saved. 
You need to understand, you can do that, and, you, and it's good that you do that, but they have to hear the word. They can't live in a bubble or a vacuum. That law doesn't change. They still have to hear. Luke says, Luke 10, it'll say, send a harvester. Somebody's going to go there, and they're going to hear the truth. Somehow, God will get that to them. They have to hear it. Remember Peter, when it says, you are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the word of God. Babies don't come from the stork, remember? There has to be a seed planted. It's a law. There has to be a seed sown from God's word and has to come to that person. doesn't matter how much you pray or how much you fast. This isn't about self-righteousness. This isn't about your duty list. This is about how the law works. The truth has to come to that person. If it doesn't, they don't get set free. One of the laws that governs faith in its function is faith is dependent on knowing the truth. Faith is dependent on knowing the truth. You have to hear that truth and understand God's will for you. Mark 5, 27 and 28, she heard about Jesus. She came from behind him in the crowd, touched his garment. She said, if only may touch his clothes, I shall, I shall be made well. So she's putting the law to work. So here's another law. James 2, 20. Faith without works is dead. You hear a lot in a day, can't you? There's a lot of stuff coming across. You can hear about God's will for you. You can hear about being blessed. You can hear about prosperity. You can hear about being in good health. You can hear about getting your marriage restored. And that's all great. Those are good things. The word can say that. You can hear those. But what do you do with the seed once you hear it? And see, this is why society doesn't like this, because we have to do something with what we've been given. We would rather let it just be on someone else. I talked about heaven or hell. If you don't pick Jesus, you pick hell. Well, I didn't pick hell. You did when you didn't pick Jesus. There's only two choices. So the law is telling us we have to act on our faith. We hear it, so let's push this further. And act consistent to what we say we're believing for. Let me give you an example. If you're praying for healing and everything out of your mouth is about complaining and not being healed and about this or about that and promoting sickness, then you just voided your own faith. Can I get an amen on that? Because doesn't that happen in church? It's real easy to be good in church because the atmosphere is great in here. It's when you get out there. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to do. This is great, man. This is all great. We're going to be debt free. We're going to be debt free. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to do everything God tells me to do. We're going to get out there. And then you go, I'm going to start as soon as next week, maybe. <clears throat> so she heard. The woman heard. She came. What if she just stayed home? She heard it, but she's just like, I'll never get there. Now, if anybody had a reason to stay home, it's this girl. Because she's, she is put out of the city. She's not allowed to be in the city. She was weak. I'm sure she didn't feel like getting out. She was tired. She was broke. But if she stayed home, this is where she's at. You might as well schedule the funeral. Remember, faith without works is dead. 
If you say you believe God, then you have to act like you believe God. Some people take that and get it turned around, and I've done it, and we've all done it. They say, well, act like they're healed because they think their actions will make faith come. I'm gonna take a second just to explain that real quick. We'll act like something because we believe if we act like it, if we fake it till we make it or whatever you wanna determine, that that's what brings faith. That's not what God's word teaches. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't come by doing. Faith will produce actions, but actions don't produce faith. Let me give you an example. Say you're hearing me say this and you're a diabetic and you take insulin. And now you say, I'm going to quit taking my insulin because faith without works is dead. So I'm going to act and that's going to take my, that's going to make my faith complete. If you don't already have faith that God has healed you, you could be putting yourself in danger because you got it backwards. Acting like you're healed doesn't produce healing. But if you truly believe what the word says, it's God's will for you to be healed, and you believe that is true, then you're going to act in agreement on that word, and you'll see the full manifestation of that take place. So I'm 100% agreement with acting in faith, but you got to have the faith to act upon. Actions don't produce faith. Faith produces actions. If people quit meds, I'm not taking this because they get this backwards. They put the cart before the horse. They don't get better, they get worse. And then they blame God. The devil just loves that. Faith comes first. Got it? Your actions follow your faith. Faith comes first. I believe, I, I've read it in the word. I've heard it. And so now, because God said it, I believe I have the measure, remember? So now I'm going to activate the faith that I have according to the word on the issue that I have. Or let's just be honest, if we're believing the issue that I had, and I'll put my actions with that as the Lord gives me direction. Faith comes first. If you come up here and you ask me a question, I'm praying for you, and you say, should I quit taking my medication? My answer is going to be right away, no. Because if you were healed and you believed that, you wouldn't be asking me that question. Works are a byproduct of faith. Works don't produce faith. So if you believe you're healed, then yes, act like it. And don't give the other a voice. It's about your belief system. If you doubt in your heart, get that issue dealt with first. If you have doubt in there, well, I, I, I think he wants me to, then, don't, then get that resolved. Drain every bit of doubt you have. Get the doubt and drain it out. We could do a jingle with that, but we won't. So she heard and acted by touching his garment because this is the law of God. Faith without works is dead. She heard and she knew if I can get to him, it's done. 
All I got to do is touch this garment. It's done. Now, she had an issue of blood, so here's some fun facts for you. She was cast out of the city. She was determined unclean. Anything she touched was unclean. She couldn't touch anything. Any chair she sat on, it all had to be sterilized. She couldn't do it. I mean, she's not allowed. She could be stoned to death for just being in the city. You, you kind of understand because what happened in COVID? Dear Jesus, everybody with the mask on, everything wiped down. We still clean all our toys back in the nursery every week. Because, you know, but part of that is we, I think we almost did that anyway because kids eat them. Well, they lick them or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, but I mean, we're all used to like, okay, this has got to be clean. But see, that's where she was at. She had no plan B. Think about her focus, what she had to go through. Think about where she was saying, if I can touch the hem of his garment, where is the hem located? It's on the bottom. So on the bottom, I don't know if maybe she thought, you know, I'm going to be low. Maybe nobody will see me as much there, but she's still going to be bumping into everybody. How many ever go to the popcorn festival? When Mallory was just little, knee-high to a grasshopper. Mallory, if you're new here, she was the one leading worship. We took her in one of those rainbow umbrella strollers. You know, and you go in, we, that, well, those were popular back then because they didn't weigh but a, a peanut. Of course, she was about the size of a peanut. <laughs> so we took her there. And I remember telling Kim, I wonder what it looks like from her view. Because all she can see is like people's rear ends and their legs. <laughs> That's what this woman is doing. She's just trying to get there through the people. And I mean, you know, we're like, ooh, look at that. Mal. Mal's like, I can't see nothing. Because all she can see is, you know, everybody else is three times higher than she is. This woman is just saying, I just got to get there. Can you imagine the job of doing that? You can't do it without bumping into people. She's got to be crawling on her hands and knees and, and, and trying to just push through to get there. What if somebody recognizes her and says, hey, I mean, her party could be over before she ever gets there, so she has to make this dash. She touched a lot of people getting to Jesus. But she was committed. She was all in. She didn't have a backup plan. The Bible, we read it. She spent all her money. She heard about him and said, this is my answer. I got to touch his garment. She laid her faith out in the open. It is another law of God. You can't have fear of man. You can't let people stop you. You cannot be swayed. We changed the name of a church we pastored on the east side of Columbus. We changed it from what it was because the Lord told me to. He told me the name and everything. And the district was all like, that is awesome. Change it. Understand, 60 people in a month left because of a name change. We didn't change what we believed. We just changed the name. Some of them left just because others left. They had no reason, just followed the crowd, I guess. But here's the bottom line. This is true. I told people, I said, I'll name it the House of Donuts if God would have told me to. Now, he didn't. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just like, I, he, it was so specific. This is what I want you to, and I even asked him, did you say, and he said it like really slow, like I'm really having trouble. 
And so I was like, okay, all right, we'll do it. And that's what we did. You have to honor God. You cannot fear man. John 5, how can you believe we receive honor from one another and do not seek honor that comes from the only God? See, if you're seeking honor from somewhere else, that's what that means. You have to seek it from God. If you're afraid to do anything because it might upset the apple cart, do you need their approval or do you need God's approval? That's a high price to pay. If you're worried about what everybody else thinks, you just stopped the flow of God's power. Same way rubber insulates the flow of electricity, you cannot be a people pleaser. Now, you have to understand there's a lot of other things in here that we need to walk in love. You can't just be whoever you want to be and not operate in the other things of God. 29, 25 of Proverbs, the fear of man brings a snare, but who trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The word snare, you know what that means? Trap. It's a trap of the enemy. She didn't have any other option. This woman said, that's it. He is my answer. She was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Where are you this morning? You sick and tired? What's it going to take to get you over to where you said, okay, I'm going to put my action with what I know God wants me to do? Some of you have been running from God for a long time. I'm not going to do it, God. I can still get into heaven this way, and, and I'm not saying you can't. But I'm just saying, is the life worth living you're living now? Is that good? Matthew eleven twelve, 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I'm almost finished. You are going to have to use force. I don't want to live less than what Jesus purchased for me. Do you? It's time for you and I to put our foot down on things that are just robbing you of joy and peace. It's time to take your life back. The Bible says the truth will set you free. I'm trying to give you truth this morning. That power will be released, but there are laws on how faith goes. It's your choice. You've heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again. You deserve what you tolerate. Quit being angry at God, but be angry at the enemy. You're being angry at the wrong thing, the wrong person. As long as you're passive, that is an insulator to the power of God. You want to live the life I'm talking about, then you've got to live for God, plain and simple. I'm going to tell you, it's not always easy. It really isn't. But it's always beneficial. It's always beneficial. I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to open the altars, okay? And then we're going to pray for anybody, and we're going to receive our offering, and I'm going to dismiss you. So, about five minutes. When we start praying for people and all that, it's all going to be, you know, it's all going to be good. <clears throat> I remember praying for as a young man. He was a student. And he had on the back of his neck a lump that was about half the size of my fist. It stuck up. I didn't know he had it there. And it had just happened 
within, I don't know, a short time frame. And the mother came up with him. And she said, and I had to rehearse this in my mind because I'm trying to say, Holy Spirit, help me remember this. She said, I want you to pray for him. And I said, okay. And she said, turn around. And she turned him around and there it was. I mean, you could see it. And I said, what do you want? And she looked at me and she said, I want it gone. And I looked at him, I said, what do you want? He said, I want it gone. Do you believe that God will do that? Without a hesitation, he said, yes. And she said, and he's going to use you. I said, okay, I'll get in agreement with that. I'm just the jumper cable. All right. I remember putting my hand on this boy's neck. And I mean, it was about, it was about the size of a cue ball, just to give you an idea. It was at Pickerington. And I, I could, you know, it was under my hand. So, I mean, it was like you could feel it. It was almost like the knob of a shifter, if you're a car guy. That's what it felt like. And I remember, I, I don't know what I prayed. There was no magic prayer other than God. Heal. And I remember just feeling my hand just start going down to his neck. And I took my hand because I knew God would do it, but I wanted to see it. So I took my hand off, and that thing was just like, just, I mean, you could see it going down. And the mother was going, oh! like that and then she said don't stop so I had to put my hand back on but I did get to see it put my hand back on and God finished that pretty soon it was flat up against his neck the thing was completely gone now the reason I'm telling you is because I want to encourage you I didn't know before I prayed for him I didn't know he was there with a cue ball on his neck but I knew God's will was he wanted him well and I just put myself in agreement with that. Now listen to what I'm saying. I'm not God. My job is to pray. That's my job. Not as a J-O-B, like I'm on the hour and so, hey, I'm on break now so I can't pray for you. That's not the job I'm talking about. I'm talking about the position. His position is that it's already done. That's his, that's his stance on it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you, I don't know what you need, but I want you to see in your mind's eye, whatever that is, healed. If it's your foot, see it completely well where you're walking normal. If it's your arm, your shoulder, what would it be like? I've had people I just, just a couple weeks ago, they said, I can't move my arm past this. I just put my hand on their arm. I said, you can't move it past where? And they said, I can't move it past this. What can't you do? I can't move. See yourself being able to do what you cannot do now. And give him the glory for it because you've already seen it done. Now here's something else that's happened. I prayed for a lady and the Lord had me call her out. And I said, she had something with her hip. The Lord said something with her hip. And I don't remember all of the details. But I prayed for her. And she walked like this. And so I prayed for her. And she walked away from me the same way. 
and the Lord had me, he said, tell her to take, I don't know why this number is significant. See, and again, it's his job, not mine. It's his position. I said, you're supposed to take three laps around this congregation. She just said, okay. She was one of them hanky ladies. She pulled out her hanky. She's kind of walking like a, you know, Diana Ross stopping the name, you know, just kind of waving her hand. She made one trip around. The next trip, she walked by me. Now, I'm still up front. She walked by me, and she was doing this. The next trip around me, she was doing this. No limp, no nothing. Listen to what I'm saying. There were people in that church got mad because she was running in church. You know, there's probably people like, I've been trying to get in that church for years. Jesus was too. I'm just saying, there's man-made stuff out there, guys. I think God's up there going, you go, girl, in Pickerington. There's a girl, God healed her of cancer, of cancer. And see, cancer to God is, it's, it's nothing. That's a piece of cake. Healed her of cancer. She came back the next week with her test and said, I'm healed. And she's just so happy. She was a, a dancer in a club. And somebody said, well, just praise God. Well, she only knew how to dance. People got upset about that. But you know what? Get over it. She's healed, and she just found Jesus, and all of a sudden now she's like, hallelujah. When are we going to start saying, God, you are all I want if I can just get to his garment. If I can just get to him. And God's saying, I'm going to make a way for you to get there. Do you really want it? I'm going to make a way for you to get there. Nobody will be able to stop you. If you make up your mind by your faith that God put in there, you will get to him. And it will manifest. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm going to open the altars. You're welcome to come up here. Let's do it this way. Okay? I'm not going to go by formality. How's that? If you want to give to the church, I want you to be obedient, okay? We have needs, and God meets all of our needs, and he uses people to do it. That's how that works. I'm going to have Usher will stand back here. They'll have a basket. Don't feel condemned. Don't feel, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put pressure on you. Rather than just call them up and pass the basket and all that stuff, make sure that you put in there, okay? Text to give. You can send it to... 374 North Main, you can go online and give, or you can put something in an envelope and give up there. But we're believing God for a lot of things here. And He's doing a lot of things. And we have to believe, we have to be on that He does supply all of our need. And right now we have need, and God will supply it. So let's stand to our feet. I'm gonna pray. If you need, if you need to go, I'm okay with that. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. But, you know, that's, I'm just trying to make this as easy as you, on you as I can. Um, and we're just going to stay up here and I'm going to pray for people, okay? And we're going to start seeing the Lord do what he does. Because your faith has been, it's there. You're just about to exercise it. You're about to let your faith muscle, your understanding is growing. 
So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless the offering that's going to go, and I thank you that it's more than enough. I thank you, Father, that you are, you are supplying all of our need. There are people, that, Father, you are impressing on them whatever they want and whatever you've told them. I just thank you for the obedience. Bless them. Send them on their way. We give them praise, but we give you glory. We thank them for being obedient, but, God, we thank you, and we give you the glory for it, and we give you the praise for it as well. In Jesus' name, amen.